You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's health, adult nurse practitioner, and hormone specialist. I'm a daughter, wife, mama, and nan of two, and I'm the founder of the Well Woman Network, an online women's health educational portal. We help women accomplish overall health and wellness for their bodies and themselves through disrupting the status quo of women's health. We do this by teaching women how to be their number one self-care advocate through providing impactful and valuable content for women so that they can feel empowered and informed when making health decisions for their own bodies in a non-judgmental, not too sciencey way. All right, ladies. <clears throat> so welcome back to another episode. So, all right, I have to apologize that I did not get out a podcast episode last week. It was because I just had some really um, stuff happen in my personal life. You know, I always talk to you guys, you know that I take care of my 90-year-old mama and over on Friday, last Friday, um, and I usually record my podcast on Friday or over the weekend, and um, she kind of took a turn for the worst. I think she had a little bit of a TIA, which is a trans ischemic attack. It's like a little mini stroke and she wasn't feeling well on top of it. And she kind of just went downhill up until this, she was pretty doing pretty good living on her own. She could kind of get by and do all her own stuff. Well, she had stopped eating and drinking fluids and she was just laying around. She wasn't taking her medications, um, even though I'd call her every day. So when I went over there on Thursday, she wasn't doing really well, went back over on Friday. And I just decided, you know, right then impromptu that she no longer can live alone because quite honestly, we thought it was, I mean, the way she was presenting on Friday, um, I seriously thought that it was touch and go. And I thought that she was going to not be with us very much longer. And, you know, I had, I called up all my entire family, told them to come over and everybody came over and they were, you know, saying goodbye to grandma and, you know, we're praying for her. Um, yeah, so it was just kind of touch and go there. But today, after three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, almost four days of giving her lots of fluids, electrolytes, giving her antibiotics twice a day, like she's supposed to be taking them, feeding her really good meals and getting her hydrated and everything. Um, yes, miracle, miracle. But it's, you know, you know, I praise the Lord that, um, you know, she actually, when I went downstairs this morning, she was sitting in her chair she got up and got to the chair all by herself with her walker and she wasn't even able to do this on Friday. So, you know, I think that eating healthy food and me giving her some, you know, really good hydration and getting her medicine in her that she's supposed to take, um, really helped her out. She's still really weak and she gets dizzy a lot. So, you know, it's, it's just so hard because, you know, she, she doesn't see herself. I mean, she doesn't know that she's 90 and she still wants to do these things and she just can't do them anymore. So I have to keep repeating myself because, you know, she has a little bit of Alzheimer's and now with a little bit of the TIA that I think she had the stroke, um, she really kind of doesn't <clears throat> remember too much things. And, and she asked me over and over again, which is fine. I have no problem with repeating it. But, you know, I have to kind of tell her, mom, you know, right now you just can't do all these things yourself anymore. So you've got to let me and, you know, and Garth, who's my husband, you know, take care of you now. Now you need people to help take care of you and it's okay. And then she gets upset and starts crying because she thinks she's a burden. You know, it's just, it's crazy. So over these past three days, I have had just my emotions just all over the place, all over the place from crying to feeling overwhelmed. And then today I had like, I had so many things to do. I was like in, I was in like hyper mode and I got them all done, you know, because what is it, you know, women, we, we just get things done. We just get shit done. Right. That's just how it is stuff done. 
So anyways, got everything done and got, went to her doctors and told her doctor that I need to order a wheelchair so that at least I can get her in the wheelchair and take her out with me on my walks, get her outside of the house a little bit so she's not so confined. Um, you know, into our, and just the bedroom that we redid for her down there, just impromptu, you know, my husband still hasn't finished the bathroom downstairs, so we got to get that done. But yeah, I think by hopefully by next week, maybe she'll be able to take a shower and, and I can wash her hair and stuff and blow dry it for her. So yeah, that is what has been going on over here. And then, oh, another wonderful thing, you know, I've been blessed with, we've got some, we've had several beta clients that have signed up for our beta program for our wellness journey program. So we started that last week and they got their first modules and everything. So it's been great. And I was a little bit nervous about getting all that going. And then now this week this hits. So, you know, I had a reached out to all of them and told them, give me a little grace. You know, we asked for grace from, you know, from people, but we also have to give it to ourselves, right? Keep our, but like I say, you got to put that own oxygen tank on yourself. So today's episode is really just, I wanted to come on here because I didn't want another week to go by without doing an episode. And this is just an Ask Michelle question. I'm just going to, you know, repeat the questions that were, that I did. I did a Facebook live today in my, um, Well Woman Network 360 group <clears throat> and it cut me off at the end. It was kind of, I don't know, Facebook was acting up today or maybe it was just my internet that was acting up. But I asked last week and I put up a post and I put on Instagram saying that I was going to do live office hours. I'm going to try to do those at least, you know, once or twice a month. And I asked people to, you know, send in questions and let me know questions that they want me to answer. And they did. So I, when I do the lives, I take questions that are submitted ahead of time, you know, and I give those priority versus people just hopping on and answering questions, but I will answer those if we have time left. So I got several questions and the funny thing of it is, and I'll say it here, just like I said it on, on the live is that people are so forthcoming with sending their questions over via a private DM, either on Facebook or on Instagram, but nobody, nobody answered and put a question in the comment box below the question, either on my, you know, on, in, on Facebook or anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. People will, they'll be, they'll feel okay to put it there. But here's the thing, ladies, if you want to, which I do, I want to disrupt the world of women's health education and women's health in general, because our healthcare climate right now is very bad. But here's the thing, in order to disrupt anything, no matter what you're trying to disrupt, whether it's, you know, maybe a political stand, whether you want to disrupt, you know, an impact that you have or something that you want to make change with. Okay. The only way that you can make change or that you can disrupt something is when collectively people come together collectively and they open their mouths and they voice their opinions and they voice their concerns and they voice their questions. Okay. Collectively as a group. So that's how we disrupt the world and we turn it upside down on women's health. Okay. We start talking about these issues. We have to stop being afraid to put our health questions, concerns, you know, whatever, because we think number one, people are going to laugh at us because they think that it's a stupid question or she's going to think, oh, this is stupid because, you know, whatever, she's a medical person and she's going to laugh at me or whatever your reasons are, or they feel embarrassed. They don't want to talk about their own health issues with other people. Well, here's the thing, ladies, we need to get over that because that's so backwards thinking. In order to disrupt the world of women's health, we have to collectively come together as a group and we have to be open and willing to share our health concerns, our health problems with other women. Because when we do that, we allow other women to see, oh, somebody else has that same problem. 
Okay. I don't feel alone. So it causes community. It causes us to not feel alone. Number two, somebody else may have gone through that situation and may have some great suggestions for you on either perspective, from their perspective or what they learned through their journey or whatever. So there is no shame in putting your health questions or concerns or health issues out there for people to see. So please, when I ask for questions during lives or doing these things, or I ask you to let me know what yours, please put it out there for other people to see. Don't be afraid and hide behind a direct message. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you not to direct message me because you think I don't like that. I do. I appreciate that these people sent me direct messages for their questions. But what I'm saying is that I'm going to take these questions and put them out there. So, you know, in essence, they're still going to get out there. They're not going to be hidden behind a me just replying back to a personal direct message. Get what I'm saying? So just, you know, don't worry about it. Be bold and step out of your comfort zone and put out questions. That's the only way that anybody who's trying to make a difference in this world is going to know what you need and what you want. Okay. All right. So getting off my soapbox there. Let's get down to the Ask Michelle episode and let's start taking the questions. There's four, so it's not going to be particularly long and I'll try to keep it to a Reader's Digest version of it. Sometimes I may go up on a little bit of a tangent, but hang in there with me. Okay. So the first question comes from Kimmy M and Kimmy said, Michelle, why do you feel so strongly about us being our number one self-care advocate? You're always preaching it (laughs) everywhere. Correct, Kimmy. I am always preaching it. And the reason that I feel so strongly about that is because I do not feel that you can have optimal health without being your number one self-care advocate. Just like I was saying in the intro a little while ago, our healthcare system and our current healthcare climate stinks, okay? Insurance stinks. It's governed. It's not for the people. It's all about money. It's about big pharma and all those other things that are out there, okay? So if you think health insurance is for you, I've got news for you. It's not. It really is illness insurance, okay? Because when do you go to see your medical provider? You go when you are ill. You definitely don't go when you're feeling good, right? Because insurance companies do not pay for preventative stuff, or most of them don't. Most insurance companies don't pay for nutrition counseling or, you know, or a lot of other things. You have to just do that on your own. They don't pay for supplements. You have to pay for those on your own. They'll pay for prescriptions. They'll pay for procedures, you know, but most insurances don't pay for chiropractic. They don't pay for massage. They don't pay for, like I said, for supplements. They don't pay for a lot of alternative type of treatments. Okay. Because they're just, whatever, they're either, they're not FDA approved for that, or they just don't want to shell out the money. Okay. So really your health insurance, don't think of it as my health insurance. Think of it as my illness insurance, because it's there when you get ill. But here's the thing. Being your number one self-care advocate is so important because really when it comes down to it at the end of the day, the only person that really is going to give 100% care about you and your health is you. Okay. And I've said this numerous times over and over again, you know, I will care about you for the five minutes that you're in my office, in my room, and I'm doing what I need to do for you. The minute that you leave and I have 25 other people following you, and then I go home and have to work on other things, I am not going to remember you, okay? 
So, and that's everybody. And it's not to say that in an ill respect. That's just how the system currently is. Okay. You're lucky if you get seven minutes with a patient. If you take longer than that, which I normally do, my day is already behind, which I normally am. Okay. People get mad at me. I'm waiting in the room and I tell them, Hey, when I get to you, I will give you just as much time as you need to get all your stuff answered. Just like I did with the person before you. Okay. But like I said, you are, you have got to matter to yourself. You've got to care enough to understand how your body operates, what it's talking to you about and caring for it because there's only one body and it's yours and it's only one in this entire lifetime. Okay, ladies, you don't get a do over with that. Your health is your most valuable asset in your life. It is what allows you to do all the things that you need to do take care of everybody else in your life, because isn't that what women do essentially not saying men are bad, but I'm just saying, you know, women generally, you know, you're grocery shopping, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're, you're taking your kids to the doctor, you're taking yourself to the doctor, you're probing your husband to go to the doctor, forcing him to go. You are at the center of it all. You know, you're on committees, you're doing your job, you're running a career, you're running a, you know, a business, you're doing all these things. Well, what would happen if all of a sudden you got, got sick or when you're not feeling good, everything comes to a screeching halt. The world stops as far as all the people in your life who depend on you are concerned. So, you know, it's important that you take care of yourself. That's where being your number one self-care advocate comes in. It's understanding your health. It's knowing when your body's off a little bit. It's understanding, you know, when your body's talking to you, what is it saying to you? You know, it's the little nuances. Okay. This body of ours was created to take care and repair and do everything that it needs to do. But unfortunately, you know, we do damage to ourselves inadvertently by the things that we do or the things that we don't do. Okay. So that's why Kimmy, you need to be your number one self-care advocate because you've got to stand up for yourself. When you go see your medical provider, if you're not getting your questions answered, you can't just leave and say, oh, they didn't answer my questions and get frustrated and move on. You have to find somebody who's going to answer those questions or you need to make sure those questions get answered. Okay. When you go and you get prescribed a new medication, if whatever if that is, you need to read up on it and understand how is that medicine working in your body? Ask questions, be curious about how things are functioning in your body. And if you take more than one medicine, how is this medicine going to affect another medicine? Are there certain foods that I can't eat when I'm taking this medicine? Do I need to wait a certain amount of time before I take this medicine with another medicine? Because those, those things are questions that you need to answer. Yeah. Your medical provider will probably tell you some of those things or the pharmacist, but you know, take it upon yourself to be curious about those things. If you get diagnosed with an illness or something, learn about it so that you can help yourself as much as possible. Don't just rely on the system that is broken to fix you 100%. Be a part of the system is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So that's the short answer, the long about way, Miss Kimmy. All right. Miss Rebecca S asks, Michelle, how can I relieve PMS? Okay. So PMS is premenstrual syndrome. 
And there is a difference between PMS and PMDD. PMS is more of a milder case. PMDD is premenstrual dysthymic disorder. It has more of a psychological component to it. Did a podcast episode on that. So if you want to look through the archives, you can find that easily. Probably I'll try to link it in the show notes. If not, if you want to just DM me and let me know. But there's a lot of things that you can do to help with PMS. And again, if you have symptoms of PMS or PMDD or whatever, you always need to seek out your own medical provider's um, expertise. You need to see them, talk with them, and get their opinion, and you need to sit and figure out some things. The stuff that we talk about here in the show is meant to be of educational value only. It is not to be in lieu of you going to your medical provider and getting treatment if you need it. So PMS a lot of times is... It's, it's when and people also call it estrogen dominance. They think, oh, I have, I make more estrogen and it's acting out. But no, what's happening is you make less progesterone and estrogen and progesterone like to play together and progesterone actually helps keep estrogen in balance. So when for some reason, we don't know why, when certain women have a decrease in their progesterone in their latter half of their cycle, okay, which is around day 14, um, estrogen just is able to act out a little more on its own. It's not under such, you know, it's not being influenced by progesterone and you can start to have symptoms of bloating. Some people have headaches. You can come, become more weepy or more emotional during that time. Um, you know, depressed, a lot of different things like that. So things that you can do is number one, give yourself space and grace, understand what's going on in your body, that it's a hormonal change. Number two, you can take some good supplements, hormones, um, love vitamin C. You can eat better during that time of the month. You can definitely get yourself some more sleep, you know, and really, like I said, with the grace part, really try not to impact so much stuff on your schedule or so many things to do when you know that you're going to be going through that period of time. And what you can do, I tell a lot of my patients to do this, if you want to kind of see when it's going to happen is to calendar out your cycles. So you go, whenever you have your first day of, of bleeding or spotting, whatever, that's day one of your cycle. And you count from that day forward. So you go day one, two, three, four, and you kind of see good day, good day, good day. And then whenever you have a bad day starting, you can feel yourself starting to kind of hormonally decline, okay, or whatever those symptoms are for you. That's when you put bad day, bad day, bad day, until whenever. Usually it happens when, like I said, day 14, because that's when your hormones are starting to kind of decrease on that latter half of that cycle. And if, if the egg isn't fertilized and you don't become pregnant, boom, then you have a period. So people with PMS usually feel good for two weeks and then they feel not so good for two weeks. And then once your period starts, you tend to, they tend to feel better. The thing that I have found that worked for me when I had horrible PMS and that I recommend for my patients, and you can even get this over the counter, but I highly recommend that you get a prescription dose from your provider um, through a compounding pharmacy, or there is one that's called Prometrium. It's the first FDA-approved natural progesterone, bioidentical natural progesterone. It's called Prometrium. Um, if you have an allergy to peanuts, then you are, sorry, you're out of luck with that one because it is based in a peanut oil. And you either get 100 milligrams or 200 milligrams it comes in. And you can usually start putting in natural progesterone day around day 14 until you get your period. So you're on it and you're off of it. You can do some of the over-the-counter um, ones. I, the only ones about the things over-the-counter is sometimes you don't know exactly how much you're getting per pump and you don't know it does. Sometimes you're not getting enough. Some women need more. Some women need like hundred milligrams. Some women need 200. There's some women need more. If you need more than 200, then you have to usually move to a compounding pharmacy where they can make it for you. But again, talk to your medical provider or an alternative, you know, or a, a functional medicine person tends to know about these different things like that. 
And for me, I found that it did, you know, when I was having cycles and I was really, really bad, it got, it helped me about 80% of the time. And then the other 20% is that I kind of knew in my brain, like I said, this is where the knowledge part comes in. This is where understanding what's going on helps you. You're not scared anymore. You know that your body's changing. You know that these hormones are going on. So around, you know, no understanding that allowed me to adjust my lifestyle during that time as well. I just didn't put a lot of stressful things on my plate. My husband knew that I got more emotional during that time. I didn't put heavy work burdens on myself because I kind of just, oh God, everything was bad during that time, you know, until I kind of got under control. So between 80% of the natural progesterone helping and that other mindset understanding of what's going on in my body, I got to where I could pretty much control my PMS 100%. So I hope that helps Rebecca. And if you need any further clarification, you can always let me know. Question number three comes from Jamie K. And she asks, how do I know if I'm really healthy? Okay. So like I said in the Facebook live today, this is kind of a loaded type of question. And I'm going to try to answer it a little bit in the Reader's Digest version. But here's the thing. If... If I took a microphone and I went to a mall or to a grocery store and I poll people just randomly and ask them, do you think that you are healthy? What do you think these people would say? 90% of them would probably tell me, yes, they thought they were healthy because most of us want to think that we are healthy, even if we are not. It's just human nature to think that way, correct? Nobody wants to blame themselves that they eat crappy, they don't do exercise, they don't drink their fluids and you know, and they're causing their own problems, which a lot of times is the is exactly what's happening but you know we'll talk about that in another another episode so to know that you're healthy Jamie is to do the best that you can with your health and do all the things that you can do to keep yourself healthy and keep your health optimized and that is going and getting your annual physical and keeping up with all the yearly tests that you for your age group specifically needs. Okay. Know your numbers, know what your blood pressure is, know what your, um, what your cholesterol levels are, know what your, if you're pre-diabetic or not, you know, know these numbers, know if you're anemic, you know, if you have that as a history, go and get your physical. Like I said, depending on how old you are, there's other specific tests that you need to get done on a yearly basis. So get all those yearly tests done, the preventative ones that you need that you can get, get them done. And then on top of that, do the core five fundamentals that I talk about all the time. And that is eat better, you know, have healthier food, start changing and looking at what's going on the end of your fork. Number two, sleep better. Try to get eight and eight, seven to eight hours of, of good quality sleep. Number three, get your body moving, do exercise. Okay. And it needs to be a little bit of a physical exercise where you're sweating and you're getting your heart rate up. The body needs it. Remember, it's a machine. And number four, try to de-stress. Now we can't make stress go away, but we can definitely learn to implement things in our lives that are going to help us to combat stress. I take my CBD. I love it. It helps me at work. It helps me sleep. It helps just chill. Okay. And number five, definitely be drinking more water. Your body needs to be hydrated. Your organs need to be flushed. Toxins need to get out of your system. So that's how you can be, how you know that you're healthy from what you can control. Now, can you control outside elements? No, we can't control outside things. But of the things that we can control, if we are walking and doing those five things each and every day and trying to get in almost all five of them, 
okay, every single day. And we're going and we're doing our yearly maintenance and we're doing all the things that we can do. We're laughing. We're keeping a good mindset. We're just doing all those good things. Then you can say, yes, I'm doing all the things that I can possibly do for myself that I can control to optimize my health and be as healthy as I possibly can be. And then if other things happen, then you're at a really much better position to be able to tackle any kind of illness or anything that comes your way. Okay. So there you go, Jamie K. All right. Now, last one is from Susan H. And she asked, Michelle, what are some signs of hormonal imbalance? Okay. So Susan, signs of hormonal imbalance can be very different for everybody. Um, and everybody presents differently, but some of the signs can be headaches. They can be bloating. It can be irregular periods, whether you have too heavy of a period or no period at all, or you have one period, one month and none the next. Um, it can be trouble, you know, infertility issues that you can't get pregnant. Um, weight gain can be, can be an imbalance. Um, like I said, headaches, you know, any of anything that makes you feel off, with regard to like how you feel with your cycle throughout the month can basically be said to be a hormone imbalance. Now, how it presents, like I said, can present in different people and different things. You can have a menstrual migraine. Okay. That's a hormonal imbalance. Okay. You can have PMS. That's a hormonal imbalance. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. That's a hormonal imbalance, but those are disease entities. Okay. That have, that have a name to it, but things like, like I said, bloating, when you, as you get more towards that time of the month, if you can't get constipated around that time of the month, sometimes it's because your hormones are off. Um, you know, a lot of different things, tired, fatigue, all of those things can be signs of hormone imbalance. Because like we talked about on several of the podcast episodes that we had previously been talking about, you have hormones for almost every action that your body controls. And we have our female hormones that are like, they fluctuate hourly, daily, all through the month. So you add that on top of all these other things that are going on and you start doing things like gaining weight and you start not eating healthy and you start drinking alcohol or you're smoking or you, your thyroid starts not to work or you're constantly under stress and your cortisol is thrown off and you, you know, you feel jittery. All of those things can throw you completely off track. Okay. So that's just kind of a small answer to a very big question. So I hope that helps a little bit too. All right. All right, ladies. So there you have it. Ask Michelle. So we did that as a Facebook live and I brought it here. I thought it was really great. Those questions were great. So I thought we would talk about them here too. So hopefully I'll be having another one. I'll post it in our Facebook group, Well Woman Network 360. Please come on over there and join the group if you are not already a member. Um, you also can follow us over at Well Woman Network on Instagram. Thank you, please, very much. Follow us over there. Like our reels, we're starting to do those. Please help us get up the ranking there. Um, come over to our website, wellwomannetwork.com and sign up for any of our freebies over there. Sign up to get on our VIP newsletter. Check out our, you know, our well our wellness journey program. We're still in beta mode. If you want to get in on the ground level pricing for that, to have personalized coaching with yours truly, um, for three months intensively, kind of like, um, it's kind of like just, you get me personally, and it's at a fraction of the cost of what it will be after the beta goes away and, or go to our, um, membership page and get on our membership waiting list. Progress on that is 
is coming. I'm telling you, I hired somebody and she's doing a great job. So I'm hoping that the membership are going to be able to kick it off somewhere in July. I'm really hoping that it's going to do that. So please get on the waiting list. And those of you that join the waiting list, thank you so much. And I have not forgotten about you. I know that you're there and I haven't sent a lot of emails, but I do thank you for coming there and doing that too. So get on our VIP newsletter. You can do that by signing up at the website at our website too. So ladies, there you have it. Thank you so much. And, you know, please pray for me, my family, and please pray for my mama, um, that, you know, her healing is restored or, you know, she continues to, you know, move in the forward direction and that, you know, this is all going to work out great. So, you know what I always say until next week, ladies, may God richly bless your life. I love you. Thank you so much for listening and bye for now.